Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. Today I'm here with Swiko the Child. Hi, I'm Swiko. <laughs> Uh. So originally born in Pasadena. Oh yeah, so I'm from Pasadena. That's uh, just north of downtown LA, in case you don't know where that is. Uh, yeah, that's where I'm from. I was born and raised there. My whole life I was trying to get the fuck out. Little did I know, when I got a little bit of money, what would I do? I'd move to South Pasadena. <laughs> it's not that big of a difference. Are your parents originally from Pasadena as well? No, my dad's from San Diego oh, okay. and Finland, so he's like, oh, wow. he, he was born in San Diego, but like his family's Finnish, so he grew up in Finland. Yeah. And then my mom is from, her family is like, she she was, she was grew up in La Crescenta, which is mm -hmm. like a little, not too far away. Yeah. It's still in like the LA area. So do you have, you still have tons of family in Finland, do you visit them a lot? I went there once. Yeah. I went there once, and it was crazy because I don't speak Finnish. I speak a little bit of Swedish. Because that's what, like, my dad speaks. But none of the family there, like, some of them speak Swedish. But everyone speaks English. I don't know. It's just, it was weird. Like, because I've never met any of them. But they're, like, my cousins. And so, like, when I went there, it was just, it was cool. I don't know. Like, yeah. I, was, I felt very welcomed, if it makes sense. Like, mm -hmm. even though I've never been there, it felt like I was home. Yeah. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And they uh have really weird food. They have, like, <laughs> pickled herring. There's a, like, fermented fish. <laughs> I've never had some shit like that before, and it kind of tasted gross, but it was <laughs> Sounds cool. like something I would like, <laughs> Does your dad also have other family in the U.S., or is it him that came over here? So, like, his, his dad came over, like, he was, like, this, some construction worker type dude, and then when he was, like, 60, he retired, and he married some super, like, he was 60, he married some 30-year-old, oh, moved wow. to the U.S., and that was his retirement. And then when he moved to the U.S., he had my dad. Oh. Uh, so my dad's family, there's only his brother that lives still in San Diego, and then my, like, his half-sister, and she lives in New York. Mm. That's the only family he has. Yeah. Do you have Finnish fans? Like, do they know that you're Finnish? I don't, I mean, I, no, I've seen comments that are like, yeah, I'm from Finland, woo! But like... And I, I've said it before, like, online and stuff, but I, I never made a real big deal yeah. about it because it's not like, well, what's crazy, so Sueco, like, the reason I got that name yeah. is I was in Spanish class when I was in middle school, and the the teacher had asked, what do you want me to call you? I'll call you by your nicknames. And I said, I'm an OG, call me OG, Mr. Craig. He's <laughs> like, I'm not going to call you OG. He knew my family was, so they're Swedish Finnish. So oh, he said, okay. I'll call you Sueco G because Sueco means... Swedish in the language Spanish. Oh, okay. And then the G dropped eventually, and then yeah. it's Sueco, Sueco. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And what do your parents do? Uh, my mom, uh, she's not alive anymore, but when she was oh, alive, sorry. she was an elementary school teacher. Mm -hmm. And then my dad, for the longest period in his life, like, he was just kind of doing whatever. Like, he was like some hippie guy that just played guitar in the park for a while. He was just like some, he worked at a donut shop for a while. Mm -hmm. Like, he worked as, like, a secretary in an office. And then, like, five years ago, he started doing truck driving. So oh. he's a truck driver now. 
Would you say you got your creative side from him or your mom? Definitely from my dad. Yeah. But both of them were singers, though. Oh, like, wow. Like, my dad was the, uh, I grew up in the church, and my dad was, like, the choir director oh. for the church. And he would play guitar and sing, and then my mom would also sing yeah. in church. Were you also in the church choir? Yeah, I, I would sing when I was a little kid. Did you like it? Yeah, it was cool. That's where I, like, really started, like, doing music. Oh. And then I, the first instrument I played was drums, and it was because my dad bought me the video game Rock Band for Christmas, and I would get to expert mode 100% on the drums, and then when you get to like really high levels on the drums, you're actually playing drums, because you yeah. know you're like hitting shit on time mm -hmm. and whatnot, and I, so when I sat down at a drum set, I could already kind of play, because the, because the game Rock Band, wow. and that was like, Growing up, that was my main instrument that I would play is drums. I was in like hardcore bands, like hardcore punk bands. Yeah. And I was the drummer at first, but then I just became, the, I was like the screamer for <laughs> bands. So I was just yelling at everybody and fucking <laughs> screaming my ass off. And I was also in jazz band. I was like the drummer in school and I was in like the marching band. I was the guy that, <laughs> I was in the center. I was calling out all the commands and shit. Oh wow. Yeah. Was it weird going from like the church choir to a screamo band? Oh, but yeah, my my <laughs> my uh, my family they were kind of <laughs> weirded out by it. But I, I remember like when I first started listening to that, it was when, when my mom was still around. Uh, she she passed from breast cancer when I was 15 oh. years old. But like when I started, when I was listening to like all that shit before, she was just yelling at me saying it's devil music. Turn that shit off. <laughs> like she didn't understand that shit. There was this one band. It was called Amberlin. They're not even that like hard. They were more like singing. I had to convince her because they were like technically a Christian band. I had to like be like, "This is Christian music. Like, you need to buy me this." Like, that's how I that's how I convinced my mom to let yeah. me listen to some of that music. <laughs> was religion really big to you and still to you now? I would say in the early part of my life, religion was very important. But then, I don't know. I just saw hypocrisy in the in the structure of the church and how, like, the church I went to, it, it you know, they were pretty, like, open and accepting for most of my life, and then after a while, it was around, like, the time where shit kind of got weird in my life, my mom was really sick, they just kind of get, like, ra more radical beliefs, like, they were, like, saying, you know, gay people were bad, yeah. there was, like, kind of just saying women couldn't be in positions of power. Yeah, and like, but they wouldn't say that, but they yeah. would kind of imply it, if yeah. that makes sense. And it just kind of got to the point where it's like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? <laughs> I just, I couldn't, it was hard for me to believe that you could be preaching a religion that's based off of love yeah. and compassion, but you're openly not loving or like, you're openly being bigoted. That just yeah. didn't make sense to me. Yeah. And so, because of that, I just left the church. Yeah. I, I don't I don't really believe in at least at this moment in my life, I don't believe in an organized any organized religion. I feel like religion is structured and organized religion is kind of meant to control people mm -hmm. and to make them believe and think certain ways. I don't I think spirit there's obviously spirituality and being connected to something greater. And I think that's very important because that's how we feel connected and fulfilled in yeah. our lives. But following organized religion and becoming indoctrinated to believe certain ways 
I feel like can be negative because it, it forces you to th look yeah. at things certain ways mm -hmm. instead of making your own decisions. Yeah, if that I makes agree. sense. Yeah. For someone who's watching and their parents are like, uh, one of their parents are passing away or has just passed away, what kind of advice do you have for them who's going through this? Make something. Like, shit can be hard, shit can be difficult, but. You can take negative experiences and grow from them and turn them ultimately into positive experiences because yeah. you will grow and you will become something greater. Yeah, I agree. Because, I mean, it's corny, but diamonds sh take shape, they form under pressure. Yeah. That's a corny way of saying <laughs> it, but you need to go through fucked up shit to mm -hmm. get something incredible, yeah. I believe. Mm-hmm. How do you describe your personality back then growing up? I was a lot more shy than I am now. I was a lot more timid for most of my life. Until like, I would say what kind of brought me out of my shell when I was, when I was 16, I was like, just off the shits. I was doing drugs all the time. I was uh, just in the fucked up shit, like little dumb shit, like, you know, spray painting, mm -hmm. like, fucking like stealing like hubcaps or whatever like just yeah. dumb little not nothing too <laughs> crazy but just like little dumb shit you mm -hmm. know and uh i was really lost and my spanish teacher miss poskett without me even knowing applied me to go to this like summer abroad program oh, wow. to go to spain and like she wrote like a application for me like saying you know i was going through a fucked up time you know my mom had yeah. died and i was I was this fucked up kid that kind of needed to go and see something else. And I got like accepted for like a full scholarship to this thing. Oh, wow. And they even paid for like my flight and everything. And so for a month when I was 16, I went and I studied like Spanish in Spain, like with this whole program. And I feel like going out and seeing something else, seeing that there was more to the world than what was just in my own neighborhood, mm -hmm. I feel like that opened me up, if that makes sense. Because that's what I wanted to do for long, and it's still what I want to do. I want to go and I want to see the world. And it kind of made me more open to different people and doing things different ways. And it just brought me out of my shell. Yeah. It started to. And then, like, from there, I started doing a whole bunch of shit. Like, I went to China for, like, a school program no way, thing. Where? Yeah. In Beijing. Oh, that's cool. I'm from like, Hong Kong. <laughs> oh, for real? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Beijing's a fucking weird place. <laughs> it's like, the the like. So my school that I went to, is an IB school. So that means international oh, baccalaureate. Yeah, I, did, I did IB. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the, that's the school I went. And the the sister school was right next to Tiananmen Square, oh. in Beijing. So like I applied, and then like the Chinese government paid for us <laughs> to go over there, and it was weird. It was like a. It was like a propaganda type tour. It was so fucking weird. Like, I, I don't even want to get into because it's like because it's like a program sponsored by the Chinese government for American kids to go yeah. and see how awesome China is. Yeah. Right? Everything's so positive. Yeah, it was like <laughs> so fake. It was like so shoved down my throat, and I could see obviously there's a shitload of it was like really polluted and but there's just like it's super awesome. Look at this. It was cool though. Like there were cool people. That I met there, it was just, yeah. it kind of felt weird. Mm -hmm. um, Do you think you would collab with a Chinese rapper? Fuck yeah, why not? Yeah, that'd be cool.
Yeah, the people there were really yeah. cool. It's just the experience was kind of strange. You feel <laughs> what I'm saying? Yeah. I lived in Puerto Rico for a while. Uh, I was doing research out there. So I went to university for linguistics. Oh, okay. Uh, what made you want to study it? I didn't get accepted into the music program. <laughs> and then I needed to figure out something to study. Because that's before that. I knew I wanted to do music, but I hadn't like grown the balls to like just say fuck everything else yeah. and do it yet. So I, in my brain, I needed to go to school. And while I was there, I took a linguistics class and I really enjoyed it. And that's what I ended up studying. And then I got into computer science a little bit, like oh, wow. coding and shit. Yeah. And so ultimately what I decided that I wanted to do at that point was get into artificial intelligence oh. and uh, machine learning. Yeah. And it's called computational linguistics. That's like the field. And I went to Puerto Rico uh, as, as part of a research program in 2016. I was uh, helping study uh, Spanglish and oh, okay. teaching computers how to understand Spanglish, like voice recognition software, because like native uh, people in Puerto Rico are native generally native speakers of English and Spanish mm -hmm. and you know they, they switch between the two languages all the time and what we would do is we'd hook them up to like an eye tracking laboratory so they'd be shown like sentences of Spanglish on a screen and we'd track their eye movements oh, wow. if they like looked at anything too long that that meant it was wrong like oh, that's but so smart yeah if you ask them, because they've never been taught what's right or wrong, mm -hmm. if you ask them, they might give you the wrong answer. But if you just track their eyes and like follow their subconscious thoughts, it's going to tell you what's right and what's wrong. And then based off that, we'll take that research on the, like, the grammar of how it works and then feed it into the computers so that when they would start doing like voice recognition in a mixed language, which is like Spanglish, which mixes both, it would be able to understand it. Like, cause you need to follow the rules of both Spanish and English. So it's more complicated yeah. than just one language. You think if it wasn't for music, that's something that you, that's your career? Yeah, if I wasn't AI. doing music. That's so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's too, do you think you would get back into it somehow? Like fuse it with music, AI? If you I, have, I, have, I have one idea. It's about virtual reality, but it's a. I'm not gonna say it because it's like a, it potentially be a really big idea. But yeah. it's something uh, involving virtual so cool. reality. I think, I think that all those fields are where people should be investing because I feel like, specifically AI and virtual reality, they're already shown to be like the next wave of big technology. So I think that's where people should be investing in like figuring out how to grow because those fields are going to be the next fucking like big thing. Mm -hmm. While I was in Puerto Rico, I decided to say fuck this shit. I'm not doing this shit. I want to do music. Mm -hmm. I grew the balls to do it. Something just clicked in my brain. I don't really know exactly what it was that yeah. made me like say fuck it, but something in me said fuck it. I don't want to do anything else. And then so I dropped out of school, came back to LA. I was broke. I was in the back of my dad's house. It was 2017. Then one of my friends called me. Uh, he was living in Nashville. He was going to audio engineering school at Bert, no, no, at Blackbird. Mm -hmm. That's a big studio in Nashville. He said, come out. I'll get you like a week of free studio time. You can just hang out. I was like, all right, fuck it. We don't have anything going on. So me and my homie, we packed. I had a Mini Coop at the time. And we drove all the way to Nashville. That's like a 
30 something hour drive. <laughs> I'm just imagining. Yeah. Crazy, crazy <laughs> drive. Um, we got there. We saw it's way cheaper to live out here. We have our homie that's working at the studio. We could get free studio time. We don't have shit going on in LA. We decided, fuck it, we're going to stay. I had a week's worth of shit, and we stayed there for eight months. <laughs> yeah, I got a job as a furniture mover, furniture mover and junk removal. I was staying in Nashville for all of 2017. Oh, wow. And it was just working on music, just like living, learning how to just... That was, that was a period in my life where I kind of deconstructed everything that I was taught and how to, like, how to live life. And then I kind of reprogrammed my brain, mm -hmm. like to to go for I want what I wanted to do, and to not be fucking scared, and to just accept myself, and to pursue music. It was kind of an enlightening time, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. And then towards the end of 2017, one of my good friends, Luis Mora, he was a YouTuber, skater, skateboarder. He uh, used one of my songs in this big skate edit that he was making and when he dropped it I dropped the song on SoundCloud and it started to get like the first real momentum out of any song it had like I think now it has like a hundred thousand plays or whatever yeah. but like it had like 50,000 plays in like a month and that was like crazy to yeah. me because I never had any traction on any music so instantly I'm like excited I'm like holy fuck I made it like this is it <laughs> how, and, how many songs did you put out before that everything I put out has been deleted before that. Yeah, a, that's why I couldn't find it. That's why I want huh? to know because you can't find it. A released? Yeah. I probably had like, yeah, like 15 songs okay. released before yeah. then. But like all of them had like fucking like 100 plays yeah. or something. And then right when he released that, it, we got fired from our jobs and we got evicted. So we're like, okay, yeah. we're going back to LA. <laughs> yeah. So go back to LA. And that's around the time that through another friend, Lamont Holt, He's another YouTuber, skater, rapper, another good friend of mine. I met these, the first people I ever met, like, kind of in the music industry making money. Mm -hmm. They were these music video directors. And they brought me to their studio, and I played them some of my music. Keep in mind, at this time in my life, I didn't look how I look right now. I looked like a fucking, cr I looked like a crack addict. Like, I looked like a crackhead. Like, my act, I had really fucking bad acne. I couldn't get jobs. Like, it was really bad. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't know how to dress. Like, I have a stylist now. That's why I look kind of <laughs> cool. Like, it, I just looked like the weirdest motherfucker ever. But I came in. I played some music. They kind of liked it. I produced everything. Oh, wow. So they <clears throat> signed me under a management deal. And that was in 2017. Until the summer of 2018. So that was like almost a year. I was locked in their studio just working, perfecting myself. Working, working, working fucking 12 hours a day I was living in their studio like just working every single day I was able to start to really like figure out my sound mm -hmm. working there as a producer and as an artist like because I was doing both but it kind of got to this point there where it was like are you guys gonna fucking help me yeah. or no like I still have 300 followers on Instagram I'm not any further than where I am right now what the fuck is going on it ended up being these motherfuckers aren't gonna help me so I just said I said fuck you guys in the summer of 2018, and I left. A week after, I said, fuck you guys, I'm leaving. I'm in the back room of my dad's house, still broke, still sad, 300 followers, 
and then I asked my friend Lamont, dude, I need some help. You got, I know you got like some clout on Instagram. Like, I need some help with some. I need to make some money or something. Can you maybe help me get some beat sales or some engineering or some shit? He said, yeah, of course. He said, you can make a beat in five minutes, right? Yeah. Said, yeah, of course I can make a beat in five minutes. Easy. So he said, all right. So he pulled out his phone. He films like a five-minute beat challenge, puts it on his story, tags me, tells people to go fuck with me, buy my beats. Three people go find me. They buy beats, $60 each. I made 180 bucks. First money I ever bad. made doing music. Yeah. Right? And so I'm fucking juiced. I take those videos. I put it on my feed. And like I said, I have 300 followers. I put it on my feed. It gets 2,500 views. Right? So I'm thinking, okay, something good is going on here. <laughs> like something's happening. And... It was right at that time when there were these collage pages on Instagram. They would be like, Lil Pump's dumb cousin does this stupid shit to get clout. And then a video of some guy fucking like breaking a bottle on his head and rapping or some shit, right? <laughs> Have you seen those videos? Yeah. Okay. So I hit up one of those pages and I told him, hey, I think this video will do good. Make a collage, post it. Gave him 25 bucks. He made a little collage that said, five minute beat challenge, Cooper Fire. Put the video posted it went viral got 500,000 views wow. I was tagged got 2,000 followers overnight and then instantly we're like oh shit we figured it out right like this is how we're gonna get on that was in the summer of 2018 until the beginning of this year 2019 that's what we were doing to get on we did these, these fucking crazy viral beat making videos yeah and what we eventually figured out is I would go and make a beat out of a weird sound right like I would go make a beat out of a condom or make a beat out of an egg and there would be this whole video and then you see me like taking the sounds making the beat and then at the end like it would be me or one of my homies rapping on the beat and then we'd snip at the song right mm -hmm. and then those beat making videos would go viral like get millions of views on all these different pages and then people would want to hear the song that we snippeted at the end so then we dropped the song and that was our original marketing for our songs. Yeah, so smart. Yeah. I mean, that, that was literally the start of everything. There's a whole playlist on my SoundCloud with all of those songs, the 111 playlist. But then it got to this point in March where I had over 100,000 followers on Instagram at that time. So I got 100,000 followers yeah. off just the beat making videos. It was like, if we keep doing this, this is going to be us forever. Like, we cannot keep doing this. So I took a step back. It was around that time when I made the song Fast. Yeah. Right? And that was also when Old Town Road was like really fucking blowing up. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. And that blew up because of TikTok. Yeah. And so I thought, oh, well, you know, maybe TikTok can help blow this song up. So one of our friends, Lucas Daly, he's a big TikTok influencer, a skateboarder, skate, skater kid. Um, I hit him up, I was like, hey, so, do what you can do. So we dropped the song, he's a big friend of ours. I posted a video on my TikTok uh, to the song. Uh, it's me and a girl, I bust in two minutes, fast, 400 on the dash, right? That's the joke. Yeah. He grabs the audio from that video. He does, starts making his own videos. He makes a whole bunch of different types of videos, a whole bunch of different kinds. It was like the fifth or sixth video he made. It's him going like, dun, 
like selfie like yeah. to the to the hits of the beat and then like it goes like slow-mo mm -hmm. when it hits and he posted that and i didn't i was like this is kind of stupid but all right you know, you do you you know what you're doing and then after a week there was a thousand videos made to that audio clip oh, of wow. kids going bum, bum, yeah. right and so i'm going holy shit this is working better than i expected and then out of nowhere this was like the fucking crazy moment where just all the stars aligned big tiktok influencers found it they started doing it and started challenging each other who could do the best one of these little dun, dun things yeah. <laughs> and overnight it just went fucking a thousand ten thousand fifty thousand hundred thousand videos five hundred thousand videos there's three million videos plus on tiktok to the song and that's how the song blew up yeah is through tiktok <laughs> and how long after until I've had a lot of record labels who reach out to you, right? Literally, so yeah. I dropped the song April 1st. It started going viral on TikTok around two weeks after I dropped it, like around April 14, 15, right? Somewhere around there. I remember it started going viral on a Monday. By Friday, <laughs> every single record label was hitting me and my manager Lucas up. By Monday, we were in New York taking meetings. Literally in yeah. one week from it going viral, we were in New York taking meetings, and that was late April. Yeah. And, and how then, did you decide to sign with Atlantic? It was the best deal. Yeah. And they're good people. Yeah, they are. They really are. Fast forward to your upcoming EP, right? Yeah. What's your inspiration for that? So my biggest musical inspirations are Green Day, Kanye, Kendrick, and The Weeknd. Mm -hmm. Those are my biggest all-time musical influences, and... I feel like the purpose of this project is to introduce people of the broad scope of who and what I am artistically, yeah. if that makes sense. Because people that have just heard fast think, oh, I'm just some like white kid rapper, right? Like, oh, he just made a cool rap song. It, most of my music is singing music, actually. Mm -hmm. That's like the majority of my music. So this project kind of gives people more of an idea of who I am. There's there's some more R&B leaning songs. There's like this one that I think is like almost like a pop song called No Sleep In My Body. There's this one indie song where it's literally me and a guitar and it's just, just me and guitar. Like that's what I feel like the purpose of this project is. So mm -hmm. people understand me. How about for the themes or lyrics? The more, <laughs> the more rap songs, it's more just, there's, all right, so Fast and Dork are more like, kind of just like turn up ignorant songs. Mm -hmm. Dork is the single I just dropped. And then there's one song, Cayman, that like uh, kind of sprinkles in more like really what's going on in my life. Uh, there's, this, there's this line in that song. I said, fly through the Caymans, I fly through Dubai, pay for no ticket because they want me to sign. Oh, so good. And the, that, that, it's because like before Fast blew up, there was this record label called uh, Goldfire Records, and they're based in the Cayman Islands, and they had wanted to sign me, like, mm -hmm. before anything blew yeah. up. And they flew me to Miami, oh, like, wow. to, to, do, to do, like, business meetings with them, and, yeah, shout out them. I remember I was in the club, and, uh, out there, and they got us, like, a table at Live, and that's, like, the, like the, the super crazy club in Miami, right? Yeah. And we had, like, the craziest table. And then the owner, he's this internet millionaire guy called uh, Frank Schilling. He's a real cool guy. 
he has these two fucking big ass ridiculous gold chains. Like these motherfuckers weigh two pounds each, and he put both of them on me. And then I was the man. I had like the fucking, oh my God. I had the what's it? I had the ace of spades in the yeah. in the best table in the club oh. with the chains on. I was like, damn, because I ain't never been on rich people shit in my life. And that was the first time where I'm like you on some it. real like bossed up shit. Oh man, yeah, shouts out them. But <laughs> then there's also like, um, obviously more like deeper songs there's the guitar song Novocaine it's it's about this feeling it's a persistent feeling I've noticed throughout my life where I just need to get the fuck out mm -hmm. like I need to go and do something else yeah. and that's what that song is about it's about that feeling it's about that restless feeling I don't want to call it anxiety because that like I I do feel that, that things are never enough. That's what my chain says. My chain says never enough. Mm. I feel like that's, it's just about that feeling that like, I gotta go, I gotta do something else. Yeah. Like, you you, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. uh, there's a song, Sober. Uh, for a really long time, I was just like, like low key an alcoholic. Like I was just drinking fucking all day, every day. And that's what that song was about. I just woke up loaded, all my drugs imported. Call me when it's over, I can't function sober. That's what that, so mm. that song's like, it's about more like that. Yeah. And it's also, a lot of those songs are also about girls too. Yeah. <laughs> I have girl problems. There's a song, uh, Probably, on there. And then the hook is super simple, it says, did we fuck last night? Hmm, probably. I seen you with him. It ain't bother me, but it do. <laughs> That's the hook. That's the hook. So I'm very self-explanatory. Yeah. <laughs> so I think you get a lot of comments, but can you? What are the tips for your hair? When when did you decide to go blue? Oh, like it was late last year. I mean, I think it was. I think it was for Halloween last year. Like, I just did it because I wanted yeah. to just see how it looked. Yeah. And then it, I liked how it looked so much, I just kept it. You do it yourself now? I did it by myself, like, the first time I did it, yeah. but now I have a professional. Uh, no wonder, because they were saying, like, how do you get the perfect blue? And it doesn't even really fade, so you get it done, like, really often. <laughs> uh, I, well, here's the secret. So, you go, you get it done professionally. They have shampoo with blue hair dye in it. Oh. So you just literally shampoo with the blue hair no. dye and it keeps it. Come on, <laughs> I had blue hair like two years ago. And I wish I knew that. Dude, it's the it's fucking fading biggest so secret. Quickly. All the all the hair people are not gonna fucking tell you that. Yeah, because they want you to come. Because they want you to keep coming back, yeah. but like, that's how you keep it for a super long oh, time. Is so they have more. shampoo and conditioner with yeah. blue hair dye in it. You think you're gonna have blue hair for a while? Are you gonna change? No, 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 no. It's blue hair. Blue for a while. <laughs> Next I don't know years. about forever, but for for a while. Yeah. <laughs> How would you say you've grown as a person compared to when you were younger? I was kind of just lost. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I, I knew what I wanted to do, but I only saw like vague pictures of it. Yeah. And I wasn't really going for it. I would say that mindset started to, to develop in me like a couple years ago. And it felt like almost a transitionary period when I started to really just say fuck everything else I'm gonna go for what I wanted mm -hmm. it was almost at that point because I don't want to say I was a boy before that 
I would say I started to kind of grow up from being a boy around when my mom died. Because mm. my dad was working as a truck yeah. driver. I have to just be myself. So that's when I, like, in my brain, I kind of stopped being a kid. But I wasn't really a man yet. Mm-hmm. A couple years ago, when I started really just kind of dissecting myself and understanding myself, I even still wouldn't say I'm a man yet because I was broke. Mm. I mean, I was making a little bit of money, but, like, I didn't feel, like, how a man should feel, if that makes sense. But, like, I saw it. It was that mindset of when you, you see it and you go and you get it. And it just all comes to you because you're in, like, this place of positive emotions and 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 love and it's because you want to do something and it just comes that's that mindset I feel like is what separates me now from the from the me back then Mm. because I would say it really really only when my literally when my song blew up and then obviously I have a little bit of money now and I can do, do more things than I used to be able to I would say only now I'm starting to become a man, Mm, if that makes sense. Because the self-reliance is only a part of it. It's more of a mental thing. What does love mean to you? Love? Yeah. Love is a broad and generic term. I feel like love is... This feeling of appreciation. Because romantic love is only a part of it. Mm Mm-hmm. It's obviously a big part of it, but then there's also different kinds of love. There's self-love. When you have an appreciation for yourself, there's, for lack of a better word, platonic or friendship Mm -hmm. love, where you have general just appreciation for other people, and you want to see them succeed. And there's love for the world. And, again, it's the same thing. It's appreciation Mm -hmm. for everything, and you want to see everything succeed and blossom. I think that's what love is. Yeah. When you want to see everything succeed, and do the best that it can and it's not for any motive besides just wanting it to Mm -hmm. do good yeah I love that last question what do you want to be remembered for the reason I started making music is because I found something in listening to other people's music and finding hope or finding something that I needed to find within myself Mm -hmm. but I couldn't but I could find it in this music and it was inspiration yes but it was almost more like healing I want to I want to be able to do that with my music I want people to hear it and to feel something. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, it doesn't fucking matter. You're fucking jumping up and down in the club. <laughs> Woo! You're feeling something, right? Yeah. You're fucking listening to it because you need to feel something that you need to fix in your heart. Yeah. You, f- you, you feel it. Either way, you're still feeling something. Mm-hmm. I want to be remembered because people can feel something. Mm-hmm. I love that. This is one of my favorite interviews. Yeah. This is awesome. Yeah, thank you. Of course. Bye. Okay, we're bye. <laughs>